Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello there, dear listener. This is the Almighty Crit. And I would like to take a second to let you know before this episode begins that this episode does contain some triggering topics such as Suicide, assault, and murder. If you are totally not down to listen to this episode, we understand. And we recommend that you listen to a past episode or wait for our next episode to drop next week. Um, But on the topic of suicide, we here at the Dungeons Dragons Lorecast and the Robots Radio family take it very seriously. And if you ever need someone to reach out to, you can always reach out to any of us any time of the day please. We love you. We care about all of you and we just want what's best for you. You can also reach out to the Suicide Help Prevention Hotline at 800-273-8255. Again, that number is 800-273-8255. Remember, we love you. And if you need us, we're here. With all that being said, please enjoy the episode. Robots Radio presents. You're listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. Well, welcome back to the Dungeon Dragons Lorecast. I'm your host, the Almighty Crit. And joining me are several people today. Sergio looks deep in com- concentration. I'm reading the Twitch <laughs> chat. We finally got the Twitch up and running, and I'm reading what the kind people have to say. Well, while you read that, I'm going to introduce the people who are joining us today. We have some legends with us today. We have Senior Coffee. And Senor Lupus. How in the world are you? I'm going to be Senior Cafe. Senior Cafe. Yes. Senior Cafe. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is our our monthly patron chat. Uh, Unfortunately, text uh, 10 star could not join as he's busy. But uh, this has been the first patron chat that Craig and I have both been on since November, I want to say. Or maybe even before that, because I think I did November's by myself, 
And I was on vacation. Uh, I was in the land of Disney at the end of December. So you did December's by yourself. And then I think uh, uh, I did January's by myself again because you had something going on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's been a while since we've been on a patron chat together. I know, and uh, I'm dying. Every time I listen to the patron chats that you guys do, I'm like, oh, I wanted to be a part of that one. I wanted to answer that question. I should have. I, I should have told. I'm apparently. Planned. I'm apparently the dad of the podcast. <laughs> when I'm not around, it's like, oh, dad's not here. Dad's let's not break here. Into, let's break into the liquor cabinet <laughs> and trade and switch out the vodka with water. Oh goodness! Well, today we've got a very interesting topic. It's a very touchy what kind of topic. Childhood? Did you have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a normal run of the mill childhood. Lupus comes in hot with that one. <laughs> Lupus sounded like my psychiatrist. <laughs> oh, this is already. I already know this is going like, to be a great only episode. A, this is only a one-hour podcast. We do, <laughs> we do not have the time to unpack that. <laughs> you put that luggage right back where you found it. We're not yep. unpacking that today. Oh, goodness. Well, things we are going to unpack today, um, still touchy subjects. We're going to be talking about the great, well... I use the term very lightly there. It's actually a terrible, but well, we're gonna great be... as in it was it was important and momentous and large. Yes, yes. Uh, the great momentous satanic panic that took over D and D for a while. So that is our topic of the day, and I'm excited to unbox this one. Uh, I. I was flabbergasted to learn all this. Like when I when I initially got into D and D, this was um, this was be, this is past you know long past you know this whole uh, period of time. Uh, so I, I didn't live through it. Um, so but finding out about it after the fact, he said I was I was flabbergasted because like you know this, this game where you get to like pretend to be a hero and and destroy evil like that's like what that doesn't make any sense to me. That's what it's we'll get into it i've actually had deep discussions with um several shall we say hierarchies in different religious contexts about this very particular topic Mm -hmm. and it's it's curious to know it's it's you know it's curious to see how different religions and different people believed it was basically evil in different ways so sergio do you want to give us a brief history on this uh well is um this isn't anything that is unique to dungeons and dragons there's you know this sort of like satanic panic was has been prevalent you know in media um but it was especially prevalent in the 80s when you know uh you had uh, sensationalistic talk shows um, like Sally Jesse Raphael and the Maury Povich show before that became just like you are or are not the father. Um, but, you know, they they had to get ratings in somehow. Mm-hmm. And so like, covering this sort of idea that this that this, you know, quote unquote board game is leading kids down the road to Satanism and to the occult. I mean, that's, you know, I can't really blame them and say like, that doesn't, that sounds like a badass story. Like there's a board game that's going to like get me in contact with the devil. Like what? Yeah. Uh, 
And so, and just, you know, the, the name Dungeons and Dragons, it's, it can sound kind of ominous, but it kind of, uh, I mean, and, and I was talking to, to coffee about this beforehand, like as far as like all the stuff that has kind of been labeled as like satanic, like, you know, like, like Harry Potter or Pokemon, um, at least Dungeons and Dragons, like it actually has like devils and demons in it. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like, I mean, like, I don't know what, you know, Charizard's supposed to do uh and you know and squirtle or 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 jigglypuff i don't understand how jigglypuff's supposed to send me down the road to hell but uh apparently it will but yeah at least dungeons and dragons um like has like you know for i mean it does now but uh and it did to start off with had demons and devils but but this was this was so serious that uh tsr the the creators of the game actually remove demons and devils from the game for a period of time mm-hmm. because like, you know, this wasn't just some like, you know, some like crazy house mom, just like, you know, yelling, you know, from her kitchen about, uh, about this game being evil. Like this was being taken very seriously. So, um, uh, so yeah, this is from the, uh, from the Wikipedia, but it says that, uh, you know, the D and D was, um, it, the, Criticism has been aimed specifically at D&D. The concept of Dungeons and Dragons as satanic was linked to the concept of satanic ritual abuse in that both presume the existence of large organized satanic cult societies. Um, And then other sources such as um, there's these little like um, like little comic strip things um, from uh, chick publications that portray D&D as being um, like a recruitment tool for these occult organizations. Um, but throughout the history, you have um, sort of loosely linked uh, events that had something to do with D and D, or presumably had to do with D and D, that sort of exacerbated the situation. Like you had the case of James Dallas Egbert III, who is this sixteen-year-old uh, kid at Michigan State University. So before we go any further, I have to say this, okay? Say it. Because we are an audio format and we are on Twitch. So in today's topic, we're going to be discussing some very sensitive things. Yeah, absolutely. um, Such as suicide, murder, um, things of that nature. So if you do not want to hear that and you don't want any part of that, tune out of this Twitch live and you know tune out of this episode on the podcast you know this is your this is your warning um we of course don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable while doing this format you know i twitch or podcasting so please by all means we will not we will not fail anyway if you do not want to listen to this one we completely understand but yes there's going to be a lot of sensitive material in this episode so no, there yeah, you go sergio a- absolutely <laughs> like trigger warnings Yes. Um, self-harm. Yep. Uh, you know, su- suicidal ideation, suicide mm-hmm. itself. Um, so get, 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 like, like Crit said, if that's something that uh, is going to make you uncomfortable or something you don't want to necessarily hear about, uh, definitely, you know, pick, pick us up next week or listen to an old episode of, of ours. Um, but yeah, so uh, this kid, this 16 year old kid, Dallas or James rather, he, um, you know, is, I guess plays D and D is how like the affiliation came about. Mm-hmm. Uh, he disappears 
like he goes missing. His family hires a private detective. This private detective um, puts out a theory that um, that James got lost in the sewers underneath the university, LARPing essentially, playing a like a live action version of the game. And uh, that theory sort of takes hold as like the the story, sort of, you know that that old saying that you know a lie can get halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its pants in the morning. Uh, and so, like, and again, that sort of like sensationalistic, tantalizing story, like, oh yeah, this kid is playing his board game, and then he got really into it, and he went into the sewers, and now he's missing. Like, what does it mean? Uh, no, this kid just, you know, um, had issues at home, had issues internally, was suffering from depression, was suffering from stress. I mean, like me and Coffee were talking about it before the show. Like this sixteen-year-old kid is smart enough to be in college, probably doesn't get along all that well with other kids his age. You know, other like your average 16-year-olds probably, you know, either he's probably, um, you know, can't relate to them. And then because he's so much younger than the university kids, can't relate to them either. And so like he had already attempted to take his life several times for this. And eventually took his life a year after he was found and you know, none of it having to do with D and D, but of course, like that doesn't, you know, make its way into the narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, the, when you think of uh, this, you know, poor guy's story, you think of like, Oh, he was super into D and D and went missing in the sewers, like playing, playing a, like a live version of it. Um, and that story gets perpetuated by a book that's get, that gets released. And then that book eventually becomes a TV movie, which is one of Tom Hanks's earliest acting roles. Uh, it's his uh, like he's been, he was in a couple things before that, but this was his first like actual like you know film. It was for television, but the actual first movie. Um, and the detective actually comes out and writes his own book several years later, like completely negating the D and D connection. Like this has like you know himself saying it, but again, like I said. Like, at this point, it's too little, too late, and the you know the the at this point the the ball starts rolling, you know, against D and D's reputation. So, all that being said, what are your thoughts, Lupus and Coffee? Like, have y'all had any experience with, you know, people asking like, "Oh, you play that? Like, isn't that like satanic, or isn't that?" evil <laughs> i know i have i absolutely have mm-hmm. i have not actually so really you yeah, must hang I, out. everyone you I hang haven't. out with is badass then everyone sounds cool <laughs> as heck so so i have but what about you lupus has anyone ever brought that up to you Oh yeah, I went to Catholic school, so they were. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was like, I have a question. Didn't Lupus go to Catholic school? I'm sure he has had this a bunch. <laughs> oh yeah, they were not thrilled. <laughs> like, what's going on? Let me see the book. Hold what? on. What, the what the are you guys doing? <laughs> um, I mean, it's not as bad as like you know, some of the articles we read of yeah, you know, what they're com- yeah, like the clip clickbait kind of 1980 stuff. There mm-hmm. was that. Demonology, witchcraft, voodoo, murder, rape, blasphemy, which 
what we're good suicide assassination insanity yeah sex perversion homosexuality prostitution satanic type rituals gambling barbarism cannibalism sadism desecration demon summoning necromantics divination and other teachings cats and dogs living together mass hysteria <laughs> and this is exactly I like what how some of those weren't even about. bad like <laughs> Some of those weren't on the list weren't yeah. even bad. Like I'm yeah. like homosexual. Really? That's, <laughs> yeah. Gambling? That's, gambling? Yeah, I mean, like I get it. You know, gambling addictions and things. But you know, it's, yeah, it's, you, you, you can't on. tell me that putting fifty on the Cowboys spread on them going over. Well, number is one, bad. number one. I'm just you know I'm not even going to touch that one. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't uh, gamble. I don't gamble on the Cowboys because I can't. I can't put my logic into it because my heart my heart <laughs> so, is too much into it so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up team? i'm gonna bring up something uh a few things that i have been i've had discussions with people about and i, I want to see what your guys' viewpoints on these are so i talked to a gentleman he was a priest uh, a couple years back on dnd and uh, i actually talked to two one of them was actually a huge dnd nerd but the first one was dead set that it is it is evil it is the devil it is all these terrible things and their reasoning behind it was solely because there is magic and there are spells and what i have a question about this one is have you ever had a discussion like this with somebody i'm not do magic do you do magic? <laughs> yes. Are you a sword? Are you a wizard, Harry? <laughs> there are some that call me Tim. Tim the Enchanter. Uh, no, I'm curious. Has anybody brought this argument up to you before about why Dungeons and Dragons is evil because it has magic? Uh, not necessarily the the magic aspect of it. Um, in my experience, a lot of sort of trepidation towards Dungeons and Dragons like comes from a place of ignorance. Like they just, they haven't, it's just some, what they've been told about it from someone else who doesn't, who's been probably been told about it from a third party mm -hmm. who probably didn't know anything about it in the first place. Just like sees like a book cover with, you know, a, a, an imp or a demon or a devil or, or just something that looks like relatively uh, menacing and, and and evil, and assumes you know the worst. And like I said, that sort of like um, telephone game gets carried on, and uh, because in my like I said in my experience, anyone that's uh, like asked about it in sort of any sort of like negative context is like, hey, isn't that game sort of like that? I'm like, they don't really have any any facts to back it up. They just it's something oh, like I just heard. You know, from my cousin's girlfriend's brother, that blah, blah blah blah. What about you, Lupus? Have you ever had anybody directly target magic? No, uh, we never got nobody came after us for so, like, most of my friends are my size, like, uh, like big people, so we didn't get picked. <laughs> picked big it. people, I mean, I'm six, five, two, thirty, right? Most of my friends are around my size, or if they're not, they're you now wiry. Uh, so we never got picked on and we all played sports, you know, high school growing up, that kind of stuff. So people might've wanted to say something, but they never did. We mm. got, we would get picked on by like family members. Like, uh, my buddy's sister was like a cheerleader. She like, are you guys fighting trees again? He's like, Carrie, <laughs> you're an idiot. Shut up. 
I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Carrie's not wrong. We are fighting trees. We are fighting yeah, trees. At, They're tree ants, however. Yeah. She wouldn't have come up with that on her own. She heard us playing in the living room at some point and yeah, just took that one on for years, but nothing about <laughs> magic specifically. See, my then, my mom's go-to was always, Are you, hey guys, you want to play some nerd cards? That's my mom's, <laughs> that's like always her go-to. And I'm like, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm in my late thirties now. I don't, that's not a. <laughs> so is that magic together? Nerd yeah, cards? Yeah. Nerd cards. Yeah. That's the only <laughs> thing she ever saw me. Like I talk about D and D and all, all of these other nerd things, but the only thing she ever cared about was the magic cards. And you're like, mom, if I had kept those cards, I could buy a house with one of those now. <laughs> Seriously. Exactly. I call, uh, I call it cardboard crack because cardboard once, you get, crack. once you get a taste, you, uh, it's all at your least money. for me, like, That's all yeah, at least money. for me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I can, I can definitely understand the, like the magic and the spells aspect. Cause that's exactly, mm-hmm. um, like the argument against like Harry Potter yeah. is that's witchcraft and magic. And even though the story itself is about, um, you know, good triumphing over evil, you know, the story, uh, mm-hmm. you know, friendship and, and, and camaraderie, you know, uh, winning out over villainy and 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 evil uh you know that there's there's that hang up over like the the how it's dressed up you know uh it could have you know harry potter could have been about knights with you know yeah i mean just you know just the violence it's fine it's violent you know with you know with giant swords and and horses and and armor but you know it's about uh little kids with wands and because of that, that's that's what makes it bad. How about how about you, Coffee? Have you had any issues with magic in particular or anything of this sort? Yeah, no, not not really. Coffee hangs out with cool people. I know. Like, he hell he's yeah. never had to experience any of this stuff. So it was brought up in chat. Mary brought it up. Uh, another one that I got had a uh, another conversation with a religious figurehead was uh, the worship of false deities. Now, I sat for an hour and a half attempting to explain it's no different than an actor pretending to worship somebody in a movie. It's no different. We don't actually worship these gods. I literally spent an hour and a half trying to explain this, and it didn't go anywhere. (laughs) It went absolutely nowhere. And they kept hanging up on the fact of, well, yeah, but they they don't actually believe in what they're saying in these movies. Yeah. Do you really think I run home to an altar of Paylor and just stand in front of it? <laughs> Wait, you changed your altar? What? I'm sorry. <clears throat> Hold on, I'm having technical difficulties. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that's, you know, it's like, I, I can't. You know, just to reiterate what I said earlier, like it's a lot of it is born out of ignorance. Like they aren't exactly sure what the game is. And as a result, they make these wild assumptions like, oh, like it has all these, you know, it has all these different, you know, gods that you can worship is like, well, no, like I don't worship them like my like my character does. Like and I'm just playing a character the same like, you know, me like jumping on a turtle and eating mushrooms doesn't make me super mario <laughs> no it'll make you super something but not mario 
there's a there's a great joke um anthony jeselnik just as a, as a digression uh if you're familiar familiar with anthony jeselnik's uh comedy like you're you understand you know he's like his delivery sort of deadpan delivery and one of his jokes is like did you know like i read an autobiography of the guy that created super mario did you know that when he was a kid all the other kids would laugh at him they would laugh at him when he smashed turtles with hammers <laughs> Oh, good. It's terrible. Uh, so, on that note, <laughs> I don't know how you transition out of that one. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, well, let's let's continue into like the history of the Satanic Panic. So, um, there's there's one more thing I want to bring up here. Um, and I would be remiss not to mention it. We've talked about the demons. We've talked about the devils. We've talked about the magic. We've talked about the gods, angels. Angels. Yes. That was also another big flag for a lot of people I talked to, especially elderly people that were totally in heavy into the satanic panic. A lot of, you know, adamant religious people. The angels aren't real angels was usually their argument. Those aren't real angels. Okay. Or the infamous, uh, well, you're not supposed to draw pictures of angels. These were two topics that were brought up on numerous occasions. Yeah, and just sort of like I guess the trivialization of everything, you know, the trivialization of mm-hmm. of, of demons and devils, like um, just the fact that you uh, you can defeat them as easily as you could. And it, it, it could be just like a matter of of you know uh, you know ten to fifteen rounds of combat, and you can de- defeat a devil, or the trivialization of deities and angels mm-hmm. that you know. So yeah, I, I mean. I can understand, you know, why there's some sort of, uh, you know, caution. Um, but again, like, it's just, you know, that stems from ignorance. What was your experience with that lupus? Cause you were quick to jump to it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Angels. Uh, I just read something, uh, years ago of trying to talk, um, parents or pastors into it and being uh, vehemently opposed because of uh, religious concerns. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, we're, we're not demons. I'm actually playing uh, a paladin or a holy Avenger. And we're fighting and killing devils just there. Like you'd see in the Bible, which yeah. And they're like, Oh, okay. So they're a little more lenient with it because you're doing God's work in D and D by killing Devils by proxy. I don't by yeah, proxy. Sure that that rationale doesn't yeah, or logic doesn't work necessarily, but yeah. uh, it worked at the time or the article I read, and then they yeah, got away with like this is how I talk to my parents into letting me play in D and D, even though they were overly religious. Marion chat says she's shook it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, all right, Sergio. I'm done. <laughs> Well, I was going to say that um, there was so like, you know, you have mad, which is mothers against drunk driving. There was also bad, which was bothered about Dungeons and Dragons. And it was and it's like, you know, I love D&D and, you know, like just like with anything I love, like if I see it being like unfairly maligned and picked on, like I'm quick to defend it. But, you know, like I can't help but feel 
for Patricia, Patricia Pulling, who founded this group, because like it, it stemmed from the loss of her son. Her son took his life and he was an avid D&D player. And for whatever reason, in her grief or in her anger, whatever it was she was feeling, she connected the two and started this group and started filing lawsuits, all of which got dismissed because they were completely frivolous. Um, but yeah, she used B-A-D-D, bad, uh, to describe D&D as, quote, a fantasy role-playing game which uses demonology, witchcraft, voodoo, murder, you know, basically all the stuff that that, um, that Lupus had mentioned earlier. Um, she co-authored a book called The Devil's Web, Who Was Stalking Your Children for Satan? Um, like all of which, like every claim she makes just about is has been debunked, has, you know, been uh, found to be completely without merit. And like I said, like, it's easy to laugh at her at how ridiculous this all is. But like I said, it, it comes from, yeah, from a, the loss of her child. And so like, I, I can't help but feel for it, even though like she was openly attacking something that I love so much. So I, I mean, feel awful for her. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Lupus. Well, I was going to say, if you look at the list of what she accused D&D of, and then you take that list and kind of superimpose it against like the Catholic Church historically, you're only missing a few of those. And those are real. <laughs> and and that's the thing. It's like, you know, rather than, you know, focusing on, you know, what it, you know, what was going on with, with her son that you know, made him make the decisions that he made. She's like, you know, she's pulling at straws and trying to, you know, uh, villainize and, and condemn something that had nothing to do with it. And, you know, she ended up passing away from lung cancer in the late nineties. And so she probably, you know, went to her grave, not really understanding or having any closure as to her son's death as to like the, how the, the what's and the why's about it. Wasn't that part of like the seven or like the stages of grief or whatever, where mm-hmm. you blame blame somebody or something for it? Well, yeah, and like, then like anger, before you move yeah. on. Okay. The thing was with her was she didn't just solely attack D and D either. She tried to attack HP uh, Lovecraft's Necronomicon and several other publications that had come out either in the past or recently had been like made more public. Yeah, and well, actually, um. She was on an episode of 60 Minutes with Gary Gygax. Uh, and we'll link to that in the chat and also in the show notes. It's on YouTube. So you can watch. Um, this is like from the 80s. And so you can watch, you know, the story. And that's how I said, like, this was taken very seriously. This wasn't just, mm-hmm. you know, like a, like a voice in the wilderness. This was very much covered by mainstream media. Like this woman was on 60 Minutes for crying out loud. Oh, yeah. You know, opposite the creator of D&D trying to defend, you know, the game that, you know, he play tested with his children for crying out loud. Like, yeah. Like, you know, like Tensor is his son. The the oddity of her now versus back then. I mean, back then it wasn't an oddity. Back then it wasn't something that like we see it today of just random or, you know, it was very much a this is a very serious topic. It was. It's no different than, I don't know if you guys grew up during the time of when video games went under fire for um, inducing violence in children. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Doom and all that. Yeah. We look back on it now and we laugh because we're like, well, t- duh, there's no way. But back then it was a very serious topic in mainstream news and media all over the place. Oh, yeah. And and it's it seems silly now because we're so far removed from it. Mm-hmm. But and like it seems silly to me when I first learned about it, because even like even then I w- we were already so far removed from it. But, you know, I like you said, I, I did grow up during the, the, the video game panic, you know, when, you know, playing Doom meant that, you know, I was going to commit you know, horrible acts of violence <laughs> when really playing Doom. The only thing I wanted to commit horrible acts of violence on was my keyboard and my mouse because I couldn't kill that dang <laughs> freaking demon lord in the in the last level. I can't say that I ever had that problem. <laughs> I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I had to put on God uh, mode. Really? You never rage quit? <laughs> Start yeah. breaking stuff. I, I oh, rage no. quit, but it was for <laughs> Donkey Kong Country uh. Two. Uh, I rage quit on that several times. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so I did. Uh, I did find an interesting uh, thing here about this whole situation. Um, this call started in 1982, and. The American Association of Suicidology did not consider the case completely closed and no linkages to um, any sort of uh, casual links until 1991. Well, I mean, there's, you know, that's for one that goes to like exactly how long like Mm -hmm. that, you know, this was able to perpetuate. And how long this was able, this sort of narrative was able to gain ground. Oh, yeah. You know, long enough that even today, like, it still get brought, it still gets brought up. Um, but no, like you said, like, you know, the, the, the methodology that was put into place and, like you said, found no linkage between the two. So what other history do we have for the satanic panic, Sergio? Well, um, aside from, you know, kids hurting themselves you have a case of some kids actually murdering somebody uh a 1988 murder case in north carolina again brought uh, unfavorable publicity to D um because um not because it was heavily involved or anything just the, the those involved happened to play D um so chris pritchard who's a local college student uh, he allegedly masterminded the murder of his stepfather. Uh, his stepfather's loaded like $2 million. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, the stepfather and his the guy and Chris's mother were both bludgeoned to death and uh, uh, and the husband was fatally wounded and or not bludgeoned to death, but they were bludgeoned, they were attacked and bludgeoned. Uh, the stepfather was fatally wounded while the mother was able to survive. Um, again, like there's, you know, this, uh, once they opened the investigation, they realized like, okay, there's, there's always been an antagonistic relationship between the stepfather and Chris Pritchard. And obviously the motivating factor is the $2 million. You know, if he, uh, if both his parents were to die he would inherit a fortune oh yeah and so he got two of his buddies to um, to plot out the crime all three young men were sent to uh, were 
arrested, convicted, and sent to state prison in 1990. Um, the uh, and it's really it's it's two true crime authors that played up the role playing angle. Uh, you know, much attention was given to Chris Pritchard's buddy, one of his uh, um, co-conspirators, uh, his influence and power as the dungeon master. Uh, and one of the true crime authors, Jerry Bledsoe, wrote a book called Blood Games, which was made into a TV movie called Honor Thy Mother. Uh, and then the other true crime author, Joe McGinnis, his book was adapted into a two-part TV miniseries called Cruel Doubt. And uh, both television films depicted Dungeons and Dragons handbooks with artwork doctored to imply that they inspired the murder. So not only are they like really grasping at straws, but they're actually they're actually like lying in you know in, in without uh, you know to put it bluntly, you know they they're presenting uh, you know a D and D book with artwork like I said, that that supposedly serves as inspiration to murder this, you know, this, uh, their parents when said artwork doesn't ever exist in the book. Didn't exist to begin with. I can't. Ignorance is the only word that comes to mind when this story is told to me. Just ignorance. <laughs> I can't. They truly did grasp for straws on this. They truly did. I, I don't know how do how do you two feel? How do how do you how do you feel, Lupus and Copy? Well, I mean, it sounded like it was designed to be clickbaity before the internet. <laughs> it exists, yeah. kind of. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, this this was like the pre-internet version of clickbait. It. I just I there are no words for and I mean human nature <laughs> is kind of intolerant. <laughs> So people gravitate towards you know, tribalism and you know, dogpiling. So it sounded like uh, it was just kind of yeah, you know, right. something that they didn't understand and attacked. I mean, look at witchcraft and you know, American history. True, true. Or actually, before even American history, you have Spain, England, France. We have... D&D for real. Yeah, I was going to say, we have a history of blaming something, things that we do not understand or blaming things that we do not wish to try to attempt to understand for our problems, essentially. <laughs> it's happened throughout history. And I just... Mm. <laughs> what was that line from uh, Men in Black? Uh, groups of people are panicky, dangerous... Uh, uh, individuals are smart and clever, but yeah, he put a group of people together, and it's uh, <laughs> I can't remember how Tommy Lee Jones phrased it, but uh, kind of made sense applying Tommy, to this. Tommy had it better, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why. Listen, Lupus, Lupus, I'm gonna let you finish, I'm gonna let you finish, but Tommy Lee had it said it better, yeah, I'm sure he did, <laughs> yeah. So, all this leads TSR to remove. Uh, references to demons, devils, and other potentially controversial, like supernatural monsters from the second edition of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. So, uh, you know, while there was um, initially like a boost in like in in sales because of like 
oh man let's go play that game that you know that apparently like you know our parents don't want us to play that sort of um like notoriety you know that sort of infamy uh you know the 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 push from the the moral panic from the satanic panic you know led tsr to make these changes and so if you were to look at you know books from that era from the the second edition of ad and d you're not going to find demons or devils um i'm surprised that you know we're covering ravenloft uh in depth last week the history of it i'm surprised that they kept you know like vampires and werewolves and stuff like that you know in the game as as much as you know they were editing um and so that sort of you know that eventually like you know falls by the wayside uh it says, uh, says here, a uh, 2005 study highlighted that after 1992, it could not find any letters, articles, or editorials on the topic except for several retrospective examinations of the history of gaming between 1997 and 2000 and an article dealing with prejudice against Christians from within the gaming community in 1999. So it was full steam ahead for just about a decade. And then after 92, it just dropped off. And, you know, I, I can't help, but that's also around the time that, you know, gangster rap starts to become very prevalent in, in households, you know, MTV starts, you know, uh, um, becomes a, like becomes more widespread. So what you're saying is they focused fire on something completely different. Exactly. And so like <laughs> all that they weren't getting anywhere with this, they couldn't blame this for everything. So we're going to blame. Something well, I else. mean, it's they, you know, they, they, it, you know, the blame had been on it for so long. Let's move into something else. And then like you, to your point uh, earlier, and then it eventually shifted to violent video games. Yeah. And violent movies. And now we're, I don't know where we're at now. We just kind of blame everything now. We just blame everyone (laughs) and everything. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good uh, diving off point for us to go to a mid break. Sure. So let's go to our mid-break. So we're in the mid-break, and I'm going to put this at the very beginning of the episode as well. But if you or anyone you know, a loved one, a friend, your worst enemy, anyone is having thoughts of suicide or, you know, anything on that nature... Please reach out and call 800-273-8255, the Suicide Prevention Hotline. Or you can even reach out to myself or Sergio. You can reach out to any of us on the Robots Radio Network. We are here for you. Please don't. We love you. Okay? So... 100%. This is a very hard topic for me because it it has plagued me my whole life. It has plagued my loved ones. So I'm here for you. Okay. So there's that. Uh, (laughs) Another thing is when we come back from the break, I have a very uh, light hearted uh, take on Dungeons and Dragons that I would like to leave us off on because mama always said, leave off on a good note. So we're going to leave off on a good note tonight. Is that what Mama Crit always said? Mama, Mama Crit always said that. She always, she also (laughs) said, almighty stop grabbing them dang biscuits. Mama Crit also said that. Mama Crit always says that. So with that being said, uh, Sergio, do you want to thank our lovely and amazing patrons? 
I do. Uh, well, I would like to thank uh, Coffee and Lupus for joining us this week. Of course. Uh, and thank Text 10 Star, even though he couldn't join us. Uh, we miss you and we love you. And maybe next month, hopefully. Uh, additionally, uh, Climbing Zebra, Daniel P, Wolf, who's in the chat right now, uh, Jonathan S, Remington Cloutier, and introducing our good friend Jaco H, our newest patron. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, we hope that uh, you find that it is money well spent. Uh, all the proceeds from the Patreon go to making the show better. If you are able to contribute financially in this way, you can go to patreon.com slash DND Lorecast. We have tiers as low as a $5. That'll get you bonus or ad-free episodes, early episodes. And uh, we have tiers going all the way up to 100 Bonus episodes, T-shirts, uh, painted minis. Uh, you are able to play the campaign with uh, Crit himself, which DMing. we owe Lupus. We definitely <laughs> owe Lupus for sure. We owe we um, owe Lupus a big one, okay. And I'm still working on getting some guests for that one. So Lupus, I promise it's coming. <laughs> but yeah, like I say, you can go on Patreon.com/slash DND Lorecast if you're able to. And if you're not, if you're not in the, you know, if your financial situation is such that uh, you're not able to do that. I mean, like I said, just listen every I'll say it every single week. I'll scream it from the from the hilltops and from the mountaintops. Just listening and suggesting us to a friend or even an enemy is more than enough. I would prefer even suggesting it to an enemy because you're like, you know what? I can't stand you, but I have a podcast I know you would love. What you do is you do reverse psychology. Be like, don't listen to my podcast. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. So, Sergio, do you want to go ahead and do the uh, DMs corner right now? Well, seeing as how we are talking about demons and devils and how it almost ruined the game we love, I'm going to suggest Emma Rickles' Guide to Devils on DMs Guild. Uh, this is actually another. Um, this is actually another offering from our friend Sean McGovern, who um, he uh, is responsible for. A guide to Curse of Strahd, which is sort of like um, uh, something that DMs can use when they're running the Curse of Strahd campaign. Uh, uh, he's got he's got one for just about every adventure and fifth edition. But um, so definitely, continue, you know, when you, when you look up something in DMs Guild, you can click on the author, like the creator, and it'll bring up a list of everything that they have on the website. So, I mean, if you like something from someone, chances are they have other stuff that you can uh, check out as well. But so, yeah, so Emma Rickles Guide the Devils. This book contains everything you need to know about devils in fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons done in the style of Bolo's Guide to Monsters. And this gives you piles of material for your campaign. So chapter one is all the basic stuff on devils and a look at every single type of devil currently known to exist. Uh, chapter two is player stuff like a new race. Uh, backgrounds, factions, abilities. Uh, chapter three is uh, where, you know, what it really, for me, gets into the really good stuff. Uh, it goes in, in depth with monster lore on some of the coolest devils. Uh, chapter four is details for every arch devil and goes on and on with all sorts of cool stuff. You get um, 10 pages of new magic items. You get adventure plots, story ideas, uh, stats for every arch devil ruler. Like, you know, you're, Asmodeus, your uh, Basilbub, Mephistopheles. Like I'm sorry, did you just say Basilbub? Basilbub. 
Beazelbub. Beazelbub. I'm talking a lot. Beazelbub. I'm talking a lot right now. Uh, but yeah, so you can, uh, again, it's linked in the chat. We'll link it in the show notes. Uh, $15 will get you all of this information. Oh, <laughs> Mary in chat says basil bub. That's Wolverine's helping in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like Gene Gray. Like, Hey, what does this sauce need? And he's like, basil bub. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, well, with all that being said, I think it's time we go back to the end of the episode. Thanks to both of you. Now all I can do is think about Wolverine in the kitchen. He's actually a surprisingly <laughs> good cook. Not really. I mean, he's been alive for how long? Well, That's, yeah, exactly. It's a totally it's different a, podcast. It's a totally different podcast. We're here to talk about DD. We're getting off the Wolverine, topic. The Wolverine lore cast. Oh my God. Depends on which Marvel universe, which world, which oh. version of Wolverine. Oh, goodness. Uh,. <laughs> Mary's still in chat going, <laughs> but I have a frilly apron on or I'm out. I agree. Well, anyway, let's go ahead and dive back into this. So, Sergio, do you have any other major points of interest in our satanic panic timeline? Well, I mean, it's it effectively ends when Wizards, Wizards of the Coast buys D&D and third edition comes out and demons and devils are, you know, bought, brought back into the rule books. Um, and, you know, they even like start to go a little, e- like, like that to say that they like, like go too far to the other side, but they absolutely uh, like go all in as far as like, you know, think, you know, with their, to, in my opinion, it's like, they're like, you know, we don't believe this is, is real at all. We don't think that, there's any ground for this so we're going to publish what we want to publish and that's you know is no more apparent whenever they publish the book of vile darkness and the book of exalted deeds like both of which carry like you know parental advisory like mature content um like warnings on them especially the book of vile darkness which like you know is yeah i mean it's it's vile and it's dark you know it's pretty it's it's uh it's uh it's pretty extreme um, but yeah, but, uh, in 20 and 2016, the New York times reported. And again, like this was all stuff that is, was taken very seriously, you know, 60 minutes, mm-hmm. New York times, like these are, you know, large mainstream publications. Uh, they reported the moral panic over dungeons and dragons had subsided as parental anxieties have turned to videos, um, uh, you know, in video games, notably those dripping with gore with heightened concerns about video games. So like I said, there's definitely something that, you know, there's uh, at some point it, be- it became passe to criticize D and D, you know, there's something else, you know, uh, there's something else more alluring, like sexier to, to mm-hmm. criticize, to you know, point the finger at. So, um, coffee, you said you've never experienced any of these things. I have not, probably because, you know, around the time I grew up, you know, I was, I was, since I was born in 2001. Mm. So, 
kind of now it's kind of he's a baby <laughs> it's kind of you know like it's falling off to the wayside kind of yeah how do you how do you feel learning all this since you're from a different generation than us how do you feel about learning about all this it's it's, it's interesting it's a kind of it's kind of a part of you know, D's history so mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting to learn it to learn about it it's the darker part that nobody yeah. likes to talk about <laughs> yeah i guess so i mean we did have a <clears throat> we did have a lot of bad things happen in this time frame. We did lose a lot of people. You know, there was a there's just a lot bad tied to D and D during this time frame, and a lot of fingers pointed this direction. And there was a time where people were afraid that D and D was going to cease to exist. And Sergio's right. When Wizards of the Coast took over, it like the whole direction changed. But Wizards of the Coast made everything brighter and shinier and newer. So they kind of changed everything for the public appearance. And at the same time, like Sergio said, they were directing fire in a different direction. So (sighs) I'm glad we're through it. That's all I can say. Yeah, there's still like there's still like vestiges of it. There's still, you know, some you know, every so often like someone will bring it up. Um, but yeah, like it's you know now I mean it's the game has become so popular that you know it's it's become mainstream. You know, like you know it's it's not uncommon to have uh, the game being played in schools. Like I mean, mm-hmm. Stuart, you know, our our old friend Stuart. He does that for his school. He's a teacher that runs a D&D club for his school. Yeah. And so it's something that is, you know, and that's to me that that stands to one, like the, that's a testament to the, you know, the popularity of it, you know, you know, because, you know, the fans of the game wouldn't let it die. Mm-hmm. And then also like how, like how amazing the game is in and of itself, because you know, even if it, it had a staunch fan base, if the game was sort of, you know, niche or um, sort of like a cult classic, um, it might have it might have ended up ended up dying and it's just sort of been like a thing that like, you know, every you know, you might hear about every so often. But I think that the game itself was good enough and the fan base was, you know, fervent enough that it was able to make its way through this dark period. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> To wrap this up, before we get to the good good, uh, to quote another uh, one of my favorite podcasts, <laughs> First Encounter, baby. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about something, or I'm going to ask you guys a question, and feel free not to answer. How bad was the bullying for you growing up because you played D&D? Well, I... Uh... I didn't play until high school. And by that point, like, you know, I'd kind of like come into my own. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, look, this is the shit I like, you know, like it's, you know, like it might not get me like, you know, make me popular or, you know, like the, the head cheerleader might end up like turning her nose at me. Um, But like, I, you know, I was running around. I had a freaking wrestling action figure like tied to my backpack. (laughs) 
you know, I was running around wearing like Spider-Man t-shirts, you know, at least, you know, half a decade before the first Spider-Man movie comes out. And so, you know, for me, by the time I started playing, like I'd, I'd kind of like already accepted, like, look, I'm a nerd, I'm a dork, I'm a dweeb, whatever you want to call it. That's what I am. Uh, Deal with so, it. Yeah. I mean, then, uh, and I was always like, I, I tried to, as, to, to stay as true to myself as possible. And, you know, now I'm like, now Marvel movies make gazillions of dollars. You can't walk into any store without seeing something Marvel related. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. You know, they just, what would uh, Lupus posted something on the Robots Radio Discord, D&D channel. How um, did they, uh, Wizards like, or Hasbro reported you know, D&D made them like close to a billion dollars in sales this past yep. year. A billion with a B. That's billion with the B, ladies and gentlemen. And so, you know, and I could take the, you know, the um, like hurt and angry route and say like, well, you, where, were, where were all y'all 20 years ago when, you know, like you were making fun of the nerds in the 400 hall that were like talking about comics and playing games. Uh, but I'm like, great. Like, there's a reason, like, I'm glad that the things that I love, like you now get to love mm-hmm. because it, it, it's always been great. And now you find, now you're finally just snapping to it. Um, but no, like, and, but, you know, and, but not to diminish anyone's experience, mm-hmm. you know, that's just simply my own. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I, like, you know, I always like, you know, my advice would be always be true to yourself, you know, love the things you love, uh, embrace those things. And like, and you'll find your tribe, you'll find your group of people. And like the more, the more real you are, the more true you are to yourself, eventually, like even people that, um, that you wouldn't like really like hang out with on a daily basis, like don't share the same interests or will respect you because, you know, sincerity is something that's very lacking in today's climate oh yeah so lupus what was your experience with dnd growing up uh ditto ditto <laughs> <laughs> coffee did you have any different experience am i the outcast here am i the one <laughs> no i didn't i mean i said before i didn't get picked on because all my friends are well we uh, aren't all big people lupus oh, some of I'm- us are five seven <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm five seven. Uh, listen, I'm uh, six foot, so I'm not much smaller I mean, than Lewis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we sure didn't, one here. We played sports. Most of my friends were you know, uh, high energy, and they, have, they just left us. It was like, okay, you're playing DD. Great. Yeah. If they wanted to say something, they didn't because that wouldn't have gone well for them. I mean, it's not like we're going to hurt them, but you, know, you don't want to pick a fight with a you know, group of football players who are doing nerdy stuff. So I yeah, I've never really had a problem. It was just all yeah, comments from uh family members and it's like, okay, yeah, no big deal. So I, I live in Southern California, it's pretty I was gonna yeah, say well, you you live in Southern California, so you guys were kinda ahead of the times anyway on most things. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, already well, ahead I mean, of the curb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty relaxed here. We don't we, when you don't have snow. <laughs> <laughs> no ruins everything for everyone. 
Uh, you don't have people angry six months or however long you guys have snow out there for. Six months? <laughs> Nine months of the year. We've literally <laughs> yes. gotten snow just this month. That's it. Sunshine for like two days. Uh, yeah, that's what it feels like. <laughs> Go back in your caves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me need cave. It's cold <laughs> now. <laughs> pray, to the altar, pray to your altar in your house for sun. Um, payload. Your altar to payload. <laughs> Yeah, I think you need to change that to a uh, Lefander. Start praying to the Morning Lord. Get some of that sunshine back. <laughs> this isn't working. We need Lefander. Oh gosh, Coffee. How was your experience growing up with D and D? Yeah, we haven't started to get into D We haven't started getting to D and D till you know four, five months ago. Really, never. Yeah, I have an interest in a. Uh, yeah, about it. I haven't really got gotten into it till four, four, four or five months ago. Till this, till the group I'm in, we started playing together. Oh, so you're fresh and you're real fresh yes. into D and D. Yeah, I'm like, like yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Woo. And so coffee is like the is you know a product of the popularity that is yeah. that has recently gotten. And so, like you said, like there's always it's always even be- even before I played, I knew about it and was sort of interested. Mm-hmm. But even like. And I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to lie, but I was like, I grew up like reading comics and, and watching sci-fi and all that. But D&D uh, for a long time was like, man, like, I'm not that nerdy. Like, come on. And then I played it and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I absolutely am actually. <laughs> oh, my God. Come to find out I am that nerdy. So I guess I am the odd duck out here because my experience with D&D was terrible. It was terrible. Uh, not D and D itself, but the experience with my peers and like people around me, even my own family was very, shall we say hypercritical of it? Like I was shunned by many. I was made fun of throughout school, even before D and D. And then when D and D got put on top of that, it was just even worse. Uh, I was extremely outcasted except for within my D and D group. Like that was it. That's all I had growing up was the D and D kids. Did you play in the military? Uh, I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. And that's that's actually kind of where that's where I truly learned. Like, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna like what <laughs> I like, and you're gonna deal with it. Um, I was actually when you had a gun. When you had a gun. Okay. Yeah, when it. I had a gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. You. Uh, no. Um, no. What got me. What got me into that mindset was I was in, we were in Afghanistan um, and not to go into great detail, but it was, it was hell. It was hell. And I met a guy there. We got to hanging out talking and he's like uh, talking about his D and D character out of nowhere. I was like, Oh, you play D and D too. He's like, Oh yeah. So I actually had packed some of my 3.5 books with me. When I went to Afghanistan, <laughs> so we we just sat and played D and D for hours, and like one of uh, one of our bosses showed up on our post one day and was like, what "The hell is this nerd shit you're doing?" I was like, uh, "It's no different than your car magazines." Like it was, it, he was, and he was he was floored. He's like, "Okay, all right." At that moment, I realized I don't have to give a shit anymore. <laughs> so I'm gonna be who I want to be, and. From then on, I op- that was that was my opening line when I introduced people to myself. It was like, "Hi, I'm Aaron. I uh, I play D and D, 
and uh that yeah that's me <laughs> so you're in afghanistan and yet you still your favorite campaigns of Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense i didn't ask you to make sense out of this lupus <laughs> i would have gone 180 for like rhyme of the frost maiden <laughs> Even water deep, it's cooler there, especially cooler in the winter. There. Nah, nah, we're, no. going, we're going straight for Vernus. <laughs> That's what he knows. That's what he's familiar yeah. with. Yeah, it's, it's, it feels like home. This is this is why I was so good at DMing Avernus because I just. <laughs> oh goodness! So, with all that being said, uh, yeah, I'm gonna piggyback with Sergio here. Uh, don't let people tell you what to like. You you do you, boo. You, you you do you like that's all i can say about that one like don't let anybody tell you what you can and can't like hell no be you but on that as note long, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody yes exactly. yes key point there uh thank you for that caveat lupus <laughs> you're not if you're not hurting anybody or yourself just, yeah you know, like what you like yeah you exactly. like what you like so on that caveat 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 <laughs> i can't speak now i'm contracting with sergio head uh Here. let's Carrots. jump into yeah let's jump into something happy for the ending of the show uh mental health benefits of D. nice so new research has come out recently uh where they've actually started using D, and i believe i've talked about this several different areas uh and several different podcasts i've guested on They've started to do research and they found that there are extremely good mental health benefits, especially for children attached to D&D. So I'm going to go through a list of some of those. So improve social skills with peers, increase self-esteem and self-confidence, ability to express yourself and your needs assertively, improved impulse control and practical, sorry, practice with turn talking, strong creative thinking and problem solving skills. So these are just some of the benefits. Uh, other ones that I've read about were leadership skills, um, creative thinking, in lieu of not not the same as this. It's different. It's creative thinking when it comes to complex mathematical equations and things. Just outside the box thinking in general. Um, but these are all great skills to develop, especially for smaller children. And what they're doing is they're actually turning D and D into therapy sessions now. Um, yes. And Mary and chat says it's healed so much for mental health trauma and it's, it's, it is, it's truly fantastic. And now that we're no longer tied up with the satanic panic of it, we're actually be able, able to grind out the benefits of it and the benefits far outweigh anything else. Um, but the way they're implementing this into therapy is rather than competing against each other, the they make campaigns where the players must find a way to get along and work together, which makes sense for a therapy session. Um, they make sure that everyone plays characters that are different from each other. So there's not two elves in the group. There's not, you know, it's they make sure everybody plays a different character and they are that allows them to see the world through somebody else's eyes and build empathy. Um, because it's role-playing, it allows these children to act out potential problems at home or with school or things like that. You know, the way these children are playing their characters is helping the therapist to designate actually what's going on and faster 
because, you know, with children, their imagination most of the time is based off of what they've seen or learned. Yep. So the the other thing is because D&D has unlimited freedom and creativity and it's can be liberating for these children, it's also able to heal old wounds. It's able to help them get over those, you know, those terrible traumatic situations or those, you know, humps in the road, if you will. So if you want to learn more about this, you can go to uh, the place where I got the article was uh, katielear.com child therapy blog. And I'm going to post a link in the Twitch and we will post it in the show notes as well. Um, but if you want to get started or, you know, if you want to see if there's a local chapter for you or, you know, loved ones, um, you can go to this website at the very end of the article. There are links to click to see if there is a D&D therapy session near you. So I thought it was cool. You know, we've gone from D&D's the devil to <laughs> no, it's not. It's actually extremely helpful and we should really get it out there more. You know, I thought it was I thought it was cool. <laughs> oh, it's very cool. Like, yeah, I mean, like this, I mean. That's again, that's a testament to how amazing the game is. Not only is it just a blast to play, you know, with your buddies, but it can mm-hmm. also, you know, help heal any sort of like generational or mental trauma. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. So, with all that being said, I think it's time for a magical item. Let's go. Let's hear it. So, uh, in honor of some of the articles I read, because no, not all of them are funny. Um, some of them are very traumatic and sad. But there are a lot of funny articles dealing with a satanic panic. Uh, I made an item. Uh, we're bringing back some comedy items called the Karen coin. <laughs> all right. Let's hear it. All right. So. <clears throat> it's like Karen like Care Bear or Karen like the name? proper. The- oh, uh, the proper name, Karen. Yes. Okay. The hair to the side. The I want to speak to your manager. Yes. The Karen coin. That always makes my brain hurt. <laughs> so this is a joke item. And what it does is it acts as essentially a totem of sorts. So if you gift this to a person, okay, and it looks like any other ordinary gold coin, except for in the bottom right corner of the coin. There is crudely inscribed Karen. Okay, it just says Karen. If you give this to somebody and they accept it, they begin to, over the course of 10 days, transition slowly into a Karen. If the coin is removed from them at any point, even at the 10th day or beyond, they will resort back to their original selves. But this will go in phases. So the first phase is small things will begin to annoy whoever holds it. So the first day is small things are just annoying. So maybe somebody's filing their nails or maybe there's just a party member that just has too high pitch of a voice. They're going to get irritated. The second day comes. Mistakes begin to irritate them. So small mistakes. Once the small mistakes 
Sorry, I, I just got a notification from Twitch saying that they're not allowing the word Karen to be used. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so, so no, I'm going to offend them. Karen, <laughs> fantastic. Karen like Care Bear. Yeah, C-A-R- Karen like Care Bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Care Bear so, Karen. So the, yeah, the second day is minor, you know, minor mistakes annoy them. The third day these two effects combine and in addition to these combining effects they will then begin to seek out a form of leadership within the group and they will complain about the things they're noticing to this so-called leader of the group if they themselves are the leader they're going to nitpick about things the fourth day comes on top of all the previous days they will then begin to style their hair differently Fifth day, they will begin to wear extremely, quote-unquote, high fashion but tacky clothing. Just body-looking clothes. (laughs) Just, yeah. The sixth day comes along, they will begin to emit an odor of just mixed smells. Very strong, pungent mixed smells. The seventh day comes along, they will begin to speak with more of a smacking of the lips at the end and the beginning of each sentence. The eighth day comes along, they will begin to have a difference in their walk and a slight difference in posture. The ninth day, they will begin to show signs of irritation at every little thing and every single mistake. And the final tenth day, they will begin seeking out the manager of every single place they go. This does include dungeons as well. They will be seeking out that beholder's manager. (laughs) (laughs) And if you go past the 10th day, the only effect is that before taking any actions, you must commit an act of Karen. So it's like I said, it's a gag item. It's not doing anything crazy. Just messing with your party members. (laughs) I would, as, like, DM. depending on my character, I would like find it and like slip it into another player's like like um, backpack or pocket or something, unbeknownst to them. <laughs> I love the comment in Twitch just now. Is that what DM is? A dungeon manager? <laughs> <laughs> Let me speak to your dungeon manager. <laughs> uh, the final form is Kate Goslin. <laughs> Who's that? Oh goodness! Uh, was she a Karen or just like did she just have the hairstyle? She said that. I don't know. I never saw the show. I don't, I don't, I don't what, know. What, I'm gonna have to what show? Uh, it was a reality show where um, her and her husband had like eight kids or something like that. Oh, okay, and they're divorced now. <laughs> Go figure. Oh, the yeah. side tracking. The side tracking. <laughs> oh goodness! Well, this is a fun episode. Ah, <sighs> I enjoy having our patrons on it's it's quite a lovely time sergio i love it so the last thursday of every month uh, yeah so before we leave what do you got except, for me coffee except on release months on re- yeah that's <laughs> uh, true yeah, yeah i mean <laughs> true. The, true. the toward the end of the month yeah <laughs> sometimes sometimes wizard will release a <laughs> book and we're like hey patrons like we're talking we're talking a week early because we got to talk about this new book um well, I got a, I got the Fandom University podcast. We're plugging along uh, every other week. We're putting out a new episode 
on something nerdy. We just finished up uh, talking about Boba Fett. We're going to segue into talking about uh, Batman 89, new comic book series that um, acts like as a direct sequel to Batman Returns rather than, you know, what we got in Batman Forever. Um, this one, you know, Michael Keaton still Batman. Uh, Billy D. Williams is still Harvey Dent. And so like kind of acts like, you know, what if Tim Burton was able to make a third Batman movie? Uh, so, yeah, we're going to we're going to do a few episodes on that going into the new Batman movie. Uh, we've also got Silent Hill on tap. We've got Robocop on tap. We got a lot of cool stuff planned for the for the Fandom University podcast. Um, but, yeah, links to all that stuff are in the show notes. Robocop wrote. <laughs> he's half man, half robot. All, all badass. Cop. Cop. All cop. <laughs> all cop. All cop. Uh, right. Well, do you have anything for us, Coffee? Nope. Nothing to think of. Nothing? Also, so uh, yesterday we actually had a, a session. Oh? Yes. And we had to go to a, a local library because the place we usually go to was closed because mm-hmm. it got some Pokemon cards or something like that. Oh, yeah. That's right. You were telling us in the Discord. Yeah. 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 So. Just we were in essentially the box lab, the library, you know, like the teen section. But there's just, this kid just randomly came up, just said, Do you guys play D and D? We said, Yeah, and just pointed and then left. <laughs> it was it was weird. We it was weird. We all just started cracking up laughing. Are you playing D and D? Yeah. Just gets up and walks away. Okay. Just, just right. he said, Yeah, like cool, then left, then just walked away. Thanks like, for being uh, weird, kid. <laughs> yeah like okay oh, it was it was weird <laughs> but funny oh goodness well on that note lupus do you have anything for us no just uh oh gary con's coming up <gasps> uh you guys can register and play for that i think i'm registering for all the games on saturday that runs saturday? end of march thursday uh, uh chronology i'm really bad with timelines uh but yeah, in a March, I think the twenty third, twenty second through the twenty fourth, twenty fifth, something like that. Um, twenty fourth through the twenty seventh. There you go. Uh, so I'm going to try to play straight through again this year. Uh, we'll see what happens. Didn't you stay up for a ridiculously crazy amount of time last time? Yeah, I'm trying to go longer this time. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I can only picture Lupus at the twenty five hour mark going. I don't know. I can shoot an arrow at him. I don't. It's usually the uh, thirty-hour mark. That it starts to get squirrely. Magic, <laughs> mimesis, magic missile, magic missile. We are in the center of a town. Are you sure you want to do that? I said it. Yeah. Didn't ask how big the room was. I said I cast fireball. I was like me with explosives in in, in a campaign. Oh, don't even. Get I, me started. Uh, I always love the. Uh, <laughs> They're like, oh man, but Sergio's character is in the like the, the blast radius. I just go for it. I don't care. I can I can fade that. <laughs> I can fade that. Oh uh, well, um, we got a lot going on over here. Uh, we've got nine pods going. Uh, eight are still active. Uh, one of them had to take a small hiatus until we get some more material. Like you literally played everything available for Avatar. We did. We did. We literally, we played everything we could for Avatar, the last Airbender TCRPG that came out, and then we were like, we gotta wait. 
But I think I just got an email today saying that the PDFs are ready for download. I'm going to have to dig into the email a little bit more, but I think that's what the email about today was. So they're oh, going to start they? releasing them. Yeah. Yeah. So fingers crossed we get it soon. If, oh, did you get the email too, Sergio? Yeah. Yeah. So they're coming. Okay. Well, we'll, I guess we're still on hiatus then. <sighs> I want to get to some closing for this. You know, I'm, I was excited. But anyway, so we've got, you know, Nine other podcasts, uh, but the podcast I want to focus on talking about today is the uh, Resident Evil lore cast that we do. Um, if you like munchy, crunchy, deep dives into the Resident Evil franchise, then you will love the Resident Evil lore cast. Um, we are that's a promise. That's a promise. Uh, we are currently on uh, Resident Evil Four, which Ariel is stoked about. Um, Very popular entry. Mm-hmm. It's her favorite. Um, we realized that we couldn't talk about the entire plot the first episode, though, because the plot ties heavily in with the characters. And oh yeah, this is where I mean, it's all like a lot of it is. It's 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 so it's so co- like interwoven and connected. Oh yeah, it's. Oh yeah. Well, this yeah, you, is you, this you guys is walk a very you guys walk a very tight line between mm-hmm. like, um, you know, discussing. You know what, what, whatever topic you have, and also not giving away like egregious spoilers. Oh yeah, it's yeah, but no, Capcom in this from Resident Evil Four onwards did a fantastic job with spiraling plot into character development into character biography. It's fantastic. So uh, we are ready to do the deep dive on four. But yeah, that's that's the one I wanted to talk about this week, and you can find all the rest of the shows, including that one in the show notes below this episode if you're interested. And the last thing I want to say before we go, and I, again, am going to put this at the beginning because this is very important to me, it's very important to all of us here at Robots Radio, and it's very important to Sergio, is the Suicide Prevention Hotline. Uh, It is 800-273-8255. I will beat that into people's heads. If you need help, get help. If you need to talk to somebody, come talk to us. All you have to do is reach out to any of us, and we are here no matter what. Okay? Absolutely. Please message us. If you don't feel comfortable calling the hotline, message any of us. I cannot stress that enough. So, with all that being said, I think it's time for us to end this episode. So, thank you all for listening, and tune in with us next week. See you next week. Ravenloft Part 2. Woo-woo! Thanks for listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons and Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Where's my outro? Don't forget to spay and neuter your pets. Thank you. Good night.